You don't have to know a lot of things in order to make a huge difference for the Lord in the world. But you do need to know a few things that are great and be willing to live for them and die for them. Will I let Jesus prove to me that he's truly my strength? To let him prove inside of me that through him I can do all things. The True Strength Life Podcast with Aaron Simpkins. Check out TrueStrengthApparel.com for clothing you'll love with a message you can trust. That's TrueStrengthApparel.com. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the True Strength Life podcast. I'm Aaron Simpkins, your host, and I have another very special guest. Uh, Billy Hallowell is with us. Did I say your last name right? You did. You know, that's really good because a lot of people wow. don't get it. They come up with Holloway, all these other things. You've got it perfect. That was good. <laughs> well, that's 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 a good start because I didn't even ask you that before we started recording. <laughs> I love it. Um, so Billy Hallowell, he uh, he he jumped on my radar because of his, his recent book, Playing With Fire. Um, but as I just told him, he he is involved in a lot of stuff. Um, so he's somebody I think you want to follow. Um, on social media and all that, and, and you can plug all your stuff at the end of the show. Um, but uh, why don't you give a you know kind of an introduction to who you are? Sure. Yeah. So I have been for the past. I, I started in media. It's kind of a weird story, and I won't bore you with all the details of it. But I started when I was only 15 years old. So I started a long time ago, um, and I started this website that led me to speak and to write. And so I've been writing professionally for a really long time since I was 18 years old. And wow. um, I'm a journalist. I'm a commentator. I've done really everything kind of from TV into I was the faith editor at The Blaze uh, for about five and a half years. I was the senior mm -hmm. editor at Faith ed at Faithwire. Uh, and currently mm -hmm. I work with Pure Flix. I work for Pure Flix. I also help the Christian Post run Edify, which is a podcast network. So, you know, I'm just I'm involved in Christian media and everything from from TV down to editorial and writing and podcasting. And so I have a fun I have a fun awesome. time with all of it, much like you do with with this show. And so I'm a communicator. That's kind of been my that's been my uh, calling for the last few decades. Wow. Uh, how old are you? Can I ask you that? You can ask me that. Yeah, so I'm 37. <laughs> so I've been doing this okay. for, it's kind of crazy, for like 22 years now, which is wild. For more wow. than half of my life, I've been, um, you know, dealing with media in some capacity, which is pretty amazing at this point. Wow. That's so cool. Um, yeah, I had noticed, I had noticed from one of your recent posts that you, you know, you're, uh, you're a part of Pure Flix. Um, so maybe you can, Maybe you can uh, convince me later on why I should get a subscription. Um, All right. I will. Do, I will do my best. There's a lot of great stuff there. I'm happy. I am happy to try to persuade you. <laughs> cool. Um, all right. So so, you know, we want to kind of spend most of this this interview talking about your book, um, Playing with Fire. 
uh, a modern investigation into demons, exorcism, and ghosts. So I hope I have a lot of people's attention right now um, because <laughs> because those are all things that are are very common in in Hollywood in media. Uh, they're kind of like uh, you know they have a lot of reality shows, have a lot of you know horror movies, obviously. Um, but like you just said before we started, uh, there's the the people in the church tend to seem to usually shy away from this topic. Um, or these topics that involve spiritual warfare, involve demons and things like that. Um, so I guess uh, let's just start with, um, I, I guess, a brief synopsis of what this book is about, and then we can get into, you know, what led you to it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so so Playing With Fire is really a book that explores evil. What is evil? What does scripture, so from a Christian perspective, tell us about evil? Um, and then that's sort of the core of it. And are we supposed mm. to be afraid? Are we not supposed to be like, what are we, how are we supposed to, as human beings, understand and not interact with evil? How are we to keep it out of our lives? And then how are we to understand stories, right? Like, like there are so many stories and I know for skeptics, they will scoff at this, but since the beginning of time, experiences with what people believe to be evil have been something mm. that have been with humanity. This is not a new thing. And we have modern day examples of this. We obviously have biblical examples of this. What's so interesting about the New Testament is it is filled with stories of Jesus performing exorcisms, essentially, right? Yeah. And so the book talks about a lot of those examples. And it's not my job to tell, I'm a lifelong Christian, right? I'm also a trained journalist. Same. It's not my job to tell you or anybody else what to think. But what I try to do in Playing With Fire is to pull all of that information together and then to present it and to say, look, we've got a lot happening in our culture today, in our world today. How much of that is the result of evil? How much yeah. of that is the result of just bad decision making? And what does this all mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I guess uh, I, I guess a, an interesting question um, that I have that jumped out to me, because this is something I never really I've obviously never researched this like you have. Um, but the difference between this might help people out um, a little bit between spiritual warfare and and uh, mental illness. Um, that's because in in culture in large in society, mental illness is kind of like a buzzword. It's 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 the big you know, it's it's a big thing now um, a lot because we've we've learned a ton over the past, you know, generation or two. And uh, so we, there has been vast improvements in that. Um, but there's still definitely a a spiritual aspect to this. Uh, that's going on that personally I think it's ignored a lot and it just is covered as, you know, this is a mental illness. Um, yeah. Speak on that a little bit. A hundred percent. I mean, right now everything is so material. We're obsessed with the here and now, and we're so focused on what's happening in front of us. And we see the statistics. You've got the country going from 78% of the country in 2007 saying that they're Christians down to 70% in 2014. And now we're in the 60s. And of course, you can have the debate about whether or not you believe those people are Christians or not. The reason yeah. I bring that up is because at least people were seeing a social benefit to it. So they were saying that they were Christians, right? And that matters in the context of this conversation because that keeps people focused on not just the here and now, 
but spiritual matters. And let's say, even if you're a skeptic and you don't believe, that people are actually falling ill in different ways. There's mental illness and then there's spiritual illness. But let's say you don't believe that there's spiritual illness and people are mm -hmm. actually afflicted by this thing that you're not treating because you don't believe it exists. That then becomes very problematic, just as problematic as if somebody yeah. has a mental illness that you believe is spiritual and you're not treating the mental illness, which is something we know has happened, right? There's, I talk about some stories in the book of people who have actually died or gone through abuse when they were actually experiencing mental illness and it was treated as something, it was treated improperly as something else entirely. So this is a really complicated issue. And when I dove into this, I felt it was really important that I talk to mental health providers, that I talk to people who are kind of on the front lines of dealing with both the spiritual and the mental. And what was fascinating was to hear some people say things that were very simple. You know, for instance, there's a guy who I spoke with in the book who dealt, who deals with um, instances of possession and spiritual warfare all the time. And he said, when you're dealing with a mental illness, a person doesn't respond to spiritual remedies, right? That they're not responding to mm. it because they're not dealing with the spiritual you know, issue. They're dealing with a mental issue. So there's a lot there, but it's really important to distinguish. And I will tell you just one last thing on this. Every person who legitimately in the, in the Christian world is dealing with these issues, they are, before they do anything else, they're trying to figure out, is this person dealing with a mental illness? We don't want to treat somebody improperly if they're dealing with a mental illness. So that's actually part of the process that people go through. If you were to go and say, I'm dealing with something, I think I'm being tormented by, by evil in some way, that's the first thing that they're going to ask and look for if they're doing their job right. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I've noticed, uh, well, one, one little kind of sidebar to what you mentioned earlier. Um, I think you did it. I, the first time I finished this, uh, I actually don't have a physical copy cause I do most of my books through audio. Um, but I'm actually almost done it twice now. Uh, cause there was so much to it. I, I wanted to kind of make sure that a lot more of it sunk in. Um, but the first, I remember one of the, the main things I thought after I finished the first time was that you did a, it very easily could have come off as like, here's my, my personal Christian opinion to all of these subjects. And this is it. I think you did a good job at, at your, you, you weren't hiding from the fact that, you know, you're, you're a strong believer and, and a Christian approaching this but you you were very good at presenting information presenting stories presenting uh things that you know can be verified and stuff like that and presenting evidence and and then kind of just somewhat let it sit there and let people figure it out on their own do their own research um that i just wanted to tell you like that that i think um it was very fair if i can say that uh, I love that you said that because that to me is such an important thing. Of course, we want to stand on what we know is true, right? Like there's the core of faith, but then there's all these things that aren't really like salvation issues. They're not things that we should be battling about, but there's disagreement, right? Everything from the rapture, yeah. the first book I wrote was on the end times, right? So it was, it was the same approach looking at the end times and people really debate these things, but it's important to differentiate and then to say, okay, I'm going to tackle, if, if, for instance, the nature of demons. What is a demon? I think a lot of us, mm. and in fact, surveys show this, the majority of Christian leaders would say 
that they believe it's a fallen angel. But there are other theories about what demons could be. And some of these theories are held in esteem by really prominent people in the Christian world. And so you want to yeah. understand what people believe about those things. You don't have to agree with it, but you want to understand it. And so for me, that was an important thing. This is a tough topic, okay? Nobody, like, wakes up and say... I mean, at least for me, I didn't wake up and say, I want to write a book about demons and evil. It's a very tough thing to spend a lot of time reading about and diving into. But I will say this, and I just want to make this point. When I wrote this, I have friends and people who have said, I'm just, I bought the book, but I'm too afraid to read it. And my thing is, you're not, the goal of this book is not to <laughs> yeah. freak you out. It's yeah. so that you find peace, so that you get pointed back to your need for God, your need for Jesus. Like when you understand evil, it does point you back to that. And I think that's a really important just detail that I wanted to note as well. Yeah. It's funny. You just said that because, uh, <laughs> I know she's going to listen to this too. Uh, my mom is one of those people. <laughs> um, she, <laughs> I get it. I get it. I, uh, I remember I was, I was, uh, I had just finished this and I tried telling her one of the stories and I got like two sentences in after I was talking about, you know, oil dripping down the, down the walls and stuff. She's like, stop, 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 stop. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it, it's a good thing to learn about. Um, and to, you yeah. know, kind of ex expand your, your knowledge about, um, cause like you said, the Bible, the Bible talks a lot about this stuff. Um, and that was something you did good too, was you brought a lot of scripture into it. Um, you know, cause a lot of, a lot of believers, you know, their their approach is like, you know, give me a verse for that. Give me, you know, what what's what's the Bible say on this? I want to know chapter verse, See, that's that that type of thing. Um, and I think I think the way that you did a lot of it, you you probably probably fulfilled those people's needs a little bit to hear, you know, to want to know, you know, all right, I'm going to open up my Bible and go to this this verse and and see what this says because he just mentioned it. Um, so that was another good thing about this book, uh, and. Also very interesting, and and then I I'm gonna try to be done with these rabbit trails. <laughs> no, I love this. I love hearing this, and I love critiques too. I tell people, look, and I've seen a lot of people who aren't Christians weren't happy because they felt like, why is there so much Christian content in this book? And it's sort of like, well, a you got to read what you're getting into, but b that's the framework through which we understand. We could sit here all day and talk about evil, but as Christians, we know it's true. But this is, you know, Christians have one of the best frameworks around trying to understand what this is, obviously, and trying to deal with it. And so, but yeah, I, I love, I love this. It's great to hear what people think. And just a quick point about the scripture elements, elements of this. I didn't want to freak people out. There are some stories that are a little scary. They're a little hard to hear, but there's hope at the end of those stories and yep. in almost every case in a different way. And seeing scripture, again, it opens your eyes. When you realize that Jesus is walking around performing all these exorcisms and you maybe have read past that, you then want to look at those details. Well, who were these people? What were we told about them? What weren't we told about them? And how does that impact how we understand this issue? So that's all incredibly essential and important to this overall conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I just realized, uh, it just hit me that I, I was reading this book alongside while I was reading, uh, Tony Evans, victory and spiritual warfare. <laughs> wow. Um, so you had <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. that it just hit me. Um, but my, my last rabbit trail point was, uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm big into apologetics and stuff and that's kind of how I think and process things a lot. So this is basically, this is just another book disproving materialism. Um, yeah. 
you know, because as Frank Turek says, if there's if there's only one true instance of something outside of this physical world that has ever happened ever, then that proves that there's something outside of just this material world. So there's a lot if if you're a hardcore materialist, then there's a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff that you have to to not believe um, as as real events or as real truth that are just kind of verifiable facts. Um, can I make a you know, point about that? Because yeah. I don't want to. Can I can I interrupt you? I'm sorry. I, yeah, I yeah. just I was in an inter, I was in an exchange with Michael Shermer, who's an atheist, and we were on this yep. show called Unbelievable in the UK. And we were having a debate about this topic, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, OK, I'm going into this debate. And again, my job is to present the details. I know what I believe. But it was really interesting because as you're talking about this with somebody who's a secularist or a materialist, and he was very kind and very respectful, but he's talking about the natural versus the supernatural. And this project, as I was working on this book, it really dawned on me that we sit here and we talk about the material and like the fact that we're sitting here having a conversation, we have consciousness that we're living in a world in which you know, if the earth was just a little bit off its, its axis, we'd freeze or we'd burn if you know, there weren't trees. I mean, you talk about what makes oxygen, the fact that our bodies are so complicated. And my point with this whole diatribe is that at some point you have to say our actual existence and even having this conversation is actually kind of supernatural, but yet we've relegated the things that we're used to to this natural category so that we can just say, oh, this is natural. This is normal. Is it normal? I mean, is any of this really normal when you sit back and actually consider life and what is going on? And so to then think to yourself, well, maybe there's more that we're not seeing, I think is actually a natural progression. And when you have details, and that was one of the most important things to me here, was to be able to present cases where you have documented details that numerous people are claiming they saw, everybody can't be crazy. So at some point you have to you have to come to a conclusion. Yeah. Either everyone's nuts and they're making it up, or maybe they experienced something I can't explain. Yep. Yeah, and 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 credible people too, not just you know, not just like an average Joe citizen that just came out and said a story, you know, like credible people in in high positions in society that have had reputations of being, you know, trustworthy and things like that. Um, yeah. And they had yeah. a lot to lose by telling the truth. Right. And that's yeah, the, yeah. I mean, you've got police officers, sheriffs, you have child service workers in the one case in Indiana that I present in the book, which is a crazy case that made national news in mainstream media outlets because it was so crazy and so documented. So again, you have to, you could say, look, you may be somebody who says, well, there has to be an explanation for all of these different pieces. Good luck finding it. Cause I haven't seen it yet, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The the more uh the more and more I grow in my faith and and all um I I also just see how how overall encompassing the Christian worldview is and there's no there there just is no other worldview that can answer everything the way that the Christian worldview can. Um yeah. 100%. So, no, I mean 100%. 100%. So back to the book. <laughs> uh, so all right, let's 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 dive into some some specifics in the book. Um, what was uh, what was um, something that uh, a story that stuck out to you um, that kind of just I, I'm sure a lot of these things hit you. Um, but what was maybe one that really just kind of stayed with you as you were looking into it and all? 
Yeah, they're they're so they all had something about them that was really fascinating. But the one story that really haunts me a little bit and it had an ending that was actually positive, but was this woman, Amy. And, you know, this story because you've you've heard the book, who is a nurse, was a nurse and married, healthy, never had a mental health problem and is working in a hospital one day. And she just. She has this experience where she starts to feel sick. She's not feeling well. She can't write mm. the chart out for a patient she's treating. And she happened to be treating a patient who she believed was a burn victim from a methamphetamine fire. And it's just it's kind of an interesting detail in her yeah. story. And she mentions it when she tells it. So she's treating this, this guy. She starts feeling sick. She goes home, can't finish her shift. When she goes home, she's a runner, right? So she figures, let me go out for a run. Let me try to clear my head. She can't run in a straight line. So a healthy and within person. Eight, right. A totally healthy person, right? Like never yeah. had a mental health problem. Within eight days, she goes from a totally healthy person who never had a mental health problem to somebody who's been committed to a mental institution, right? Mm -hmm. And wow. what follows is just eight months of pandemonium. She loses her job. She has to leave her job. They can't figure out what's wrong with her. And this, her story... And I guess I'm going to give it all away because it's it's so compelling. It ends essential. Well, it doesn't end. The climax of her story is she wants to kill herself. She suddenly has this desire to take her own life. And she's feeling inside as though she should do it. And remember, she's a nurse, so she knows how to do that. And she's thinking, if I do this, I can end my life. If I do that. So she goes up to the second floor of her house. And she's sitting in the windowsill with her back facing the open window. And she decides to drop herself out of the window, not to jump, but to just drop herself out of the window, thinking that she would die. And of course, she doesn't die. She lands on the pavement below and ends up obviously in very severe shape at the hospital. She's broken ribs. She's broken her legs. And what's so crazy about this story is that this is eight months now of pandemonium that ends with her trying to kill herself. And a woman hears about her story at a prayer meeting at her church. By the way, Amy, and what's so interesting about her story, she was a churchgoer. Now, I had not encountered this before. I'm not saying that she was a Christian who had accepted Jesus and was, but she believed she was at the time when this happened. So she ends up, this other woman ends up going to the hospital, praying over her, performing a deliverance. And once Amy cycles off of her medicine, she never again needs medication. She never has another mental issue. And so she has this spiritual healing and she believes she was possessed. She believes she was experiencing the pitfalls of that. And to this day, Amy is in a wheelchair because of that incident. So for the rest of her life, her life is deeply impacted by that moment. Now, that's a quick version of the story, but that yeah. one that one sticks with me. Hmm. Well. I think uh, the the way that she was sitting in the window and then and, you know, and then fell out. Uh, I thought of the the story of of uh, the guy that fell out of the window when Paul was speaking in the Bible. I just just reminded me of it. Um, but yeah, that's that story was crazy. There was a lot of crazy stories in there. Um, talk about so so. That being said, how would again you doing all your research into these type of events? And then the the picture that a lot of people have in their minds of what Hollywood shows them. How do the two compare? You know, it's interesting. I think I can't think of a topic, by the way, that Hollywood talks about more 
that is discussed less in some churches. So that is like just to preface this conversation. I don't I'm not saying Hollywood talks about it the right way. I yeah. think that the big difference is that you get an array of opinions from faith leaders about how to deal with this. If somebody comes to you and they say that they are dealing with you know, spiritual affliction, what is it that cures that pending it's true and they really are dealing with it? That's where the debate is. You know, the Catholic Church has a very top down way of dealing with this. Mm -hmm. They have ex the right of exorcism and I describe it in the book. It's important to describe it no matter where you are in the Christian tradition because they are the only ones that really have that. And they also count the number of people who are coming to them for help. Now, wow. the Catholic rite of exorcism is always the same, right? It's it's generally done in Latin. There is an English version of it now. I think in 2014 they came up with an English version. But, you know, it's it's sort of more of a of a spectacle sometimes, right? Where there's you, you're using tools like the crucifix, you've got holy water. Then you have people who will say, pastors who will say, look, I walked in the room and I commanded it to leave and it was done. Yeah. And so that's where the difference would come in. Hollywood's showing like chairs are flying, things are spinning, you know, heads are spinning, people are vomiting. And, and there are stories, I mean, look in scripture itself. You have stories that actually do reflect some of, of that chaos, but yeah. you also have stories that reflect, get out, you're done. Now, that doesn't make for a good Hollywood plot. So you're not going to see that sort of thing in a plot. Um, so there's a real—and and by the way, I'm not, I'm not saying anybody is right or wrong in how they're dealing with it. I, although I do think if we believe that Jesus has authority, that in many cases it should be a very simple thing of saying, get out in the name of Jesus, you're done here— uh, but really, it's it's on the person, right? Scripture tells us that the person has to stop whatever behavior, or whatever sin, or whatever issue is going on, and they have to live a Christian life to prevent that from coming back. And it comes back seven times worse, right? If you've expelled it, so there's a lot, there's a lot there, and so I'll sort of stop there. But I think Hollywood has a much more bombastic, crazy way of presenting this, and. Yeah. They generally don't give you, you know, they're generally not showing you good triumphing over evil in the way that scripture would show us. Now, well, also kind of uh, a point to what you just said. Um, I remember I just had listened to the to this this part of the book, um, but I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, but you were talking to I believe it was a pastor who is a who has an ongoing regular uh, deliverance ministry. And he said that, yeah. Basically, 98 percent of the time that we're doing this, it's just talking and, and and that's it. There's no like there's nothing spectacular that happens. Um, but uh, but there are, though, those times where there are crazy things that happen. Uh, yes. So may, so maybe talk about uh, one of those situations you came across. Yeah, I mean, this is the case in Gary, Indiana, with a mother, her three kids, and then her mom. So it was a mom, a grandma, and three kids. And they were renting a house in Gary, Indiana. And they started to report that they were having issues in the home. They felt like they were dealing with possession. Now, this is a case where it became so compelling that the Indianapolis Star published a story on this, right? So you've got a legitimate newspaper publishing a story, and they're doing yeah. it based on the testimony of, as we were mentioning before, police officers, people who were on the scene, a priest who was dealing with it, people who saw firsthand very mm -hmm. crazy things unfold. Now, the one detail of this case that made the most headlines after the Indianapolis Star published it was this report. Now, this isn't just somebody saying, oh, I saw this, this random thing. This is an official government document, which I detail in the book, 
that CPS, Child Services, put together because this woman, you know, when she obviously told people what she thought was happening, they thought it was abuse. They were convinced that there was some sort of abuse going on. The kids were taken out of the home. But as they were in the hospital and CPS was interviewing the family, the woman who wrote the report and a nurse, so this isn't just one person, corroborated all of this, claims that this little boy in, in a possessed state walked up the side of a wall, and I laugh every time I tell the story because it sounds so ridiculous, walked up the side of the wall and did a somersault and landed on his feet. And he did this while holding onto his grandmother's hand. And so you try to picture this, and you're thinking, what in the world? Now, this is in this, again, I just not chills. It, <laughs> yeah, it gives me chills every time, too. I mean, it, this is in a government document. She's describing this. And of course, they run out to tell the doctor. The doctor doesn't believe them. And by the time the doctor comes in, the kid is acting normal. But you have two witnesses who are there who experienced and saw this. And so these are the types of things in these cases that are wild, extra strength. You know, these kids had like bizarre level of strength that the doctors were observing. And so all this is on is on the record. So yes, some of these things are truly crazy. And there are, I would point people back to scripture. You know, there's the little boy who's possessed. And when his father goes to Jesus looking for healing, this, this little boy, the father says, is being thrown into the fire. The demons are trying to drown him, right? So you, you do see again, and there are other examples too in scripture, that some of these crazy events not only happened then, but we believe are still happening today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So as we're closing up here, touch on um, touch on kind of again uh, where maybe maybe this is more where you get into, you know, your own personal uh, thoughts and opinions. But because um, I know this is a lot of believers concerns. Can a can a Christian have this happen to them? Yeah. So here's the thing. I want everybody listening tonight. In the morning, whenever, whenever you're listening to this, at some point during the day, crack open your Bible and read Ephesians 6. And as you read through it, focus on all of the things we see in there about what it means to live a Christian life. When you think about when Paul was writing Ephesians, he was imprisoned and he's writing about maturity. What does it mean to be a mature Christian? And it's so fascinating because he's telling us to take up the shield of faith, put on the armor, right? What does that mean? It means to live like a Christian. So when you ask the question, can a Christian become possessed? Most experts would tell you, no, a Christian can't, a, a person who is truly living a Christ-filled life, who has the Holy Spirit, they can't yeah. become possessed. That doesn't mean you can't face you know, oppression or spiritual issues. We all can face that sort of thing. We, we all face spiritual warfare, but, but that kind of rare possession would be something that you, you cannot, I believe, experience. Now, Amy's story that I just told was interesting because she was a churchgoer. She doesn't know why she experienced this, and her faith was much stronger after. Does it mean that maybe she wasn't living her life the proper way? I don't know, but here's mm -hmm. the thing. Ephesians 6 gives us the tools we need. Live like a Christian, read your Bible daily, not because you're checking off a box, but because you want to have a relationship with Jesus. Pray daily, not just for yourself, but for others. You know, taking up that shield every day, that's a daily process. You don't just say the sinner's prayer and then do whatever you want to do for the rest of your life. Being a Christian is an ongoing relationship with Jesus. And so I think 
when we when we look at Ephesians 6 and we realize that there's a battle going on and there's a battle. It's not between flesh and blood. We've been fighting for the last couple of years, everybody, you know, about politics, about everything. And those battles are fine to have. But that's not the real battle. There's a battle with evil that is going on and it's impacting everything around us. So that's a lot longer probably of the an answer that you wanted. But I think that we need to look at Ephesians 6 and we need to realize that when we're living that life, we don't have to have a fear of this sort of thing. It's it's more of a are you focusing on you should be we we should be walking and, and focusing on the hope through Jesus in, instead of focusing on the, you know, the fear of what could be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, and that's why leaving this project, I was afraid to write this book because I didn't have a good understanding of these things. Honestly, even though I'm a lifelong Christian, I was struggling to understand. I felt like this is scary. I'm going to let something negative into my house by writing this book. And in the end, I felt a ton of peace. I felt, I felt more peace than I've ever felt with any other project because I really understood it. And I, I think that's the goal for me is for people to understand what this means and what it calls us to do, which is to focus on the hope. Yep. I was going to say, let, you know, let's, let's kind of end it with, with on a hopeful, uh, hopeful tone. And I think we did that. Um, so again, people listening, there's all kinds of stuff in this book. There's, there's way more. This is, this is, this barely touched anything. Uh, there's Ouija boards, there's exorcisms and, and deliverance. Uh, you know, you talk about the difference between those, um, or what are the possible differences? Um, you know, the the Catholic Church's involvement, uh, the Protestant involvement, all kinds of stuff, and and even more, you know, a lot more personal stories uh, and, and verifi- verifiable stories that we can all go research and look at. Um, it's a very very interesting book. <laughs> um, well, very well done. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. I really do. Yeah, and I and again, I think it's something that we, you know, as, as you know, as believers, we this is something we need to know about. I, we at least need to know about it, um, right? And 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 grow in this area because, uh, you know, we we shouldn't be caught up with with human philosophies. We need to know that there's there's a spiritual warfare going on that's way more important than than all of the other stuff, because um, that's where everything starts at. Uh, so yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and not to yeah. be. And I know we're closing out here, but you know, stay away from Ouija boards and psychics and all these yeah. things. You know, we we want answers. I think people legitimately. I've I've encountered so many people who are hurting. They've lost a loved one, and they're they're going not because it's a parlor game, but they really want to try to connect with this person, and they believe that there are people who can help them do that. We're not supposed to mess with that stuff. I mean, scripture's really clear nope. about this, and scripture doesn't say it's not real. It says don't mess with it, and I think that's an important you know, determinant. And I think it's something we have to think about in this process, but live your life the right way and you will have the hope to continue and progress on and, and to live through the Holy spirit and not to fear. And that to me is so key with this discussion. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So the, the thing I like to do when I close up is, uh, throw some rapid fire questions at you and you just answer, you know, pretty quickly, uh, with, with a simple answer. Um, so one would be, so this is uh, prevalent to you because you're, you know, you're an author, you're a writer. Who are like your top favorite, top three favorite authors? Um, mm. I, I guess right now, uh, uh, maybe you can answer all time if if it's right off, right on your head. Well, I'll answer all time. I think Paul, obviously, like when I look at scripture, <laughs> I love, I love, I, I just, I have to, I have to pick Paul. 
Um, obviously, I love I love C.S. Lewis. I think uh, Tony Evans is a phenomenal author. I mean, there's so there's so many, but those are the ones that would come that would come to mind right now for me. Yeah, Tony Evans is a must read every time. Yeah, he's great. Uh, and I'm and I I feel really bad that uh, or ashamed that I've only gotten into his stuff like in the past year. Um, he's so good. <clears throat> yeah. He's so good. Yeah. Uh, what are, uh, again, and you're a media guy. So what are some, what are like some of your top go-to programs right now or movies or shows or anything? You know, it's interesting. So I, right now I'm watching the chosen, which I've been super interested in just seeing, you know, how that, how that plays out. And that's been interesting. I have moved more away for, I used to watch every news show. I used to love watching news shows and I would bounce between channels to try to understand everything. And I talk about spiritual reading. warfare. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's why I mean, yeah. and this is the world that I came. I mean, so like I, I haven't gone on a news show to talk about anything other than the book in a while now, which has been weird because for so many years I would do that, but it's been a nice break. So I've been reading the news more and I read everything, even outlets I don't agree with. Um, I read CNN, I read Fox. I try to go through everything and then try to figure out, okay, what what's the full picture of what's going on here, right? What's the thing yeah. I'm not being told? And what can I discern from that? And so that's kind of like reading has really been the way that I've gotten news. So that way I'm the filter is more, it's easier to control when you read, I think. Hmm. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I... Uh... I just started doing that kind of recently too. Um, you know, more just, just physical reading. Um, <clears throat> cool. Oh, and Christian post, which I love. I mean, I work with the Christian, I love the Christian post <clears throat> and faith wire. Those are two other sites that I spend a lot of time on. Okay. And, uh, the last thing, give me your, give me your kind of an elevator pitch of why I should subscribe to PureFlix. Ooh, that's good. Here's the thing about PureFlix. There's something for everyone. And whether you have kids, whether you don't have kids, but there's tons of great kids content, there is so much in the realm. I mean, there are thousands of movies, TV shows, original series, and there's so much more to come. There's new titles every month. And I think in a world in which so much negative is around us, it's an amazing place to go because you don't have to worry about the negative. You don't have to worry about the content. You can be sure that there's not going to be any you know, crazy surprises, and you can really control the experience that you and your family have. And there's nothing like it right now, and I think the sky's the limit on how content is going to grow and progress in the coming years in the faith space. So I would say it's going to be the best money you spend, and it's going to entertain your kids and your family. Awesome. And uh, you know, Christian media in general, in the past three, four years I've noticed has gotten way better quality wise, yes. you know, just a, a lot better. Um, cause it kind of was the, the stigma before, like everything is kind of corny and, and not done as well and all this stuff. So, so somebody going fresh into it is like, why would I, why would I watch right. this? You know, cause it's, it's just not necessarily done well. That's, that's kind of turning the corner. Um, in, in everything, I think in music quality, radio quality, uh, podcasts, movies, everything, TV shows. Um, I think it's, I think everything is top notch. Yeah. And you have to have grace for people in this area too. And this is something that I always remind people of, you know, I came from the media world coming into the Christian entertainment world and you have a lot of people trying to create on small budgets, right? And they're trying to create, yeah. you've got an entire industry that for decades has had the ability to create whatever it wants to create narratives and to do it with major studios backing them. And you have a whole bunch of other people in music and TV and movies 
trying yeah. to do the same thing without those resources, but you're starting to see some of that change. And you're starting to see some of these bigger companies come in and realize that, wow, there's a huge audience here of people who want authentic content. And, and at the same time, people are getting better. I mean, the more movies you make, the more music you make, you're going to get better at it. And so yep. I tell people, bear with everyone and realize that this is a process and you can't get better if we don't support each other. Right. So part of, part of this is supporting Christian arts and entertainment and media as we go so that it can get better and better. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm big on that. Like if you want to, if you want to see something get better then support it, you know, that Absolutely. that's part of, that's part of seeing it get better. Um, cool. Uh, go ahead, plug everything you want to plug. Listen, I'm just going to tell people read Ephesians six, right? That's the thing I said. I'm going to, I'm going to plug the Bible yeah. first, read Ephesians six. I would love for people to, to read Playing With Fire. You can grab cop copies on Amazon. You can also go, if you don't want to buy from Amazon, you can go to playingwithfirebook.com, and there's a ton of vendors there that you could pick from. Some of them are Christian vendors that you could buy the book from. Um, and, and pass it on to your friends and your loved ones once you've read it, because I think it's an important topic for all of us to be exploring. And a little teaser this fall, there's going to be a Playing With Fire podcast that explores some of these stories more uh -huh. in depth. So I'm excited about that. That's going to be awesome. Cool. It's going to be fun. Uh, Billy Hallowell. BillyHallowell.com, right? Yep, BillyHallowell.com. Yep. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you, sir. This was a fun conversation. And uh, and again, I I, I just want to say again what everything you just said. Um, everybody go buy his book. You know, learn about this. If if nothing else, it's very, very interesting. And and you're going you're gonna to enjoy it. It's very well done. Um, very interesting. And, uh, and we, should, we should want to grow. Right. We should want to learn all this Absolutely. stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate you. your time. Appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. Thanks, man. God bless. Get involved practically in the fight against abortion by supporting and donating preborn.org. So many of us talk about hating abortion, but how many of us actually do something about it, fighting it even if it's just donating your money? Donating and even getting involved with preborn.org is a very easy, very practical way to get in the fight for the most innocent among us. Not only does your support provide ultrasounds and counseling, it also provides maternity clothes, baby clothes, diapers, and formula. More importantly, your sponsorship gives a young mother an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help fight for that life in the womb that has no voice, and help fight to give hope to that mom and family on the outside of the womb. $28 pays for one ultrasound, where it is found that 80% of moms will choose life if they have seen an ultrasound of their baby. Support at preborn.org. Hey guys, Aaron here. As a first and a last and a whatever else in between you want to do, please support the show in one of the best, easiest, simplest ways you can. Please rate the show on whatever platform you're listening, uh, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. That has so much to do with with uh, with charts and you know moving moving the show up in the search engines, all this stuff. Uh, but whatever platform you're listening, please rate it. Uh, please subscribe to the show if you haven't already. We greatly appreciate it. I hope this uh, I hope this content is uh, is encouraging, is is uh, life building to you, um, really to just get you to know God more. 
um, because as as believers, we want to we we believe that our life is about knowing God and making Him known. So I, I pray that we are doing that for you. And if you could, real quick, just please rate the show, maybe leave a comment, even, and and subscribe. Thank you guys. Love you. I'm out.